Before history is written, it's played. Before it's frozen in time, it's fought one shift at a time. Before it's etched in silver, it's carved in ice. What happens next will last forever. The Stanley Cup Final on ABC and ESPN Plus begins Saturday. For the ones who know safety isn't a catchphrase, it's a culture. And the ones who help make sure everyone makes it home safe. For the safety-minded who watch everyone's backs, Granger offers supplies and solutions for every industry, as well as safety assessments and training to keep your facilities safe and your people safer. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. I'm Trey Strucker. Welcome to the Sons of UCF Live, a pair of primetime guests for you. We welcome in Sam Jackson and B.J. Taylor. But first, let's welcome in the primetime hosts of the Sons of UCF, Adam and Mike. Trace, good to be back with you another week. Uh, we have no idea if Mike is going to be able to hear us this evening, some technical challenges, but uh, it may be more fun that way. What? No, just kidding. <laughs> I can hear you. It's just very low. <laughs> um, but I do have a surprise for everybody tonight. I have here your bowl seat locations. So stay tuned. I'll let you know where you guys are sitting throughout the game. Uh, The people at UCF were kind enough to give me this list. I know everybody's been waiting to find out where they're sitting for the bowl game. I have that list right here. You have a page of 35,000 names? That's right. They're not 35,000. If you bought eight tickets, there's one name. You got eight seats, like me. Where are you seated? Um... (laughs) I love stumping you. What do we have? Section we 12, row three. Seats one through eight. Look up, Mike. Section 212. There you go. Uh, we're going to talk a little bit about this uh, Gus Barilla Bowl matchup between the Gators and the Knights coming up uh, two weeks uh, or so uh, from uh, as we go live. I guess it's two weeks, right, uh, from, uh, from this show time. Some news today. Florida wide receiver Jacob Copeland. Their top wide receiver entered the transfer portal. And, of course, it's likely they're not going to have their uh, main quarterback. So they, like the Knights, come in with some uh, some changes to their uh, to their lineup. Yeah, it's been an interesting week in Gainesville. Obviously, new coach Billy Napier started, and, and you've seen some folks decommit. But, uh, you know, you've seen some rumblings, um, uh, some other things. So curious to see what that what that team looks like. I will say Emory Jones is definitely more of a, a mobile quarterback. Uh, you know, I'm not saying he's Malik Cunningham, but, you know, there are some skill set similarities there. So curious to see what their offense brings. But uh, our defense has been playing lights out the last couple of weeks. So you got to like our chances against uh, against that team. But obviously, mobile quarterbacks are always tough to defend. You know, I, the only person I saw reporting Anthony Richardson's not playing is our friend Robert. I, is this official that he's definitely out? Did you, everybody else here, Napier, say that Richardson's not playing in this game? I don't believe it's official. He was to have a surgery, though, right? Uh, that that would perhaps uh, leave him not being able to play. 
I don't know. But if he's out, I like our chances a lot more. Um, Emory Jones has proven not to be as good of a quarterback. So that spread may be changing from seven points, maybe drop a couple points here without Anthony Richardson playing for them. Uh, meantime, the Tampa Bay Times uh, newspaper uh, obtained a copy of the contract between uh, UCF and Florida for those future games that we're going to get in a couple of years, at least the first one, a public records request for that. UF's going to pay the UCF $800,000 for that game at UF and, uh, and then 200000 for the other game, um, the 3030s, uh, 2030s. Uh, UCF's going to pay the Gators 250000 uh, when they play. So uh, some contract details. Knights look, they'll make a little bit of money off this deal. Yeah, this all feels like funny money though, right? Because you never really know what'll happen with these contracts. Obviously with UCF going to the Big 12, what's going to happen with this deal overall? Uh, but it's definitely good to see that, you know, 750K over the three, the life of the deal, the three game deal. Uh, certainly doesn't hurt to have that those coffers in your pocket if you're UCF. So uh, financially works out well. We'll see if it ever gets played. Again, it's my my kids will be playing in that game by the time it comes around. So you never know what that'll mean from a money perspective at that point. If we beat them as badly as I hope we're going to beat them th in two weeks, they're going to cancel all three of those games. We know the way these Gators <laughs> work. So after we put the beat down on them, we may never take that trip to Gainesville. Well, you see right there, Robert on screen saying the interim UF coach, which of course means Billy Napier not coaching in this game, just recently hired by the Gators, said in a radio interview, Richardson will not play. Right, so he'd had the, a surgery and uh, not likely to play. Uh, so, our source is two letters, two words, Robert, on this one, putting the news out there for us. We uh, trust an interim coach, though. I mean, he, he's got no incentive to tell the truth. You know, it. Um, uh, the bowl announcement uh, coming Sunday. Uh, a little bit of anticipation that we would meet with head coach Gus Malzahn Monday. Then there was talk that it would be today. Uh, and now a press conference is scheduled for five o'clock on Saturday uh, following the basketball game. So that'll be the first time nearly a week in which we will have heard from UCF uh, about the bowl game because Coach Malzahn is out recruiting. We're, uh, you know, less than a week away from the early signing period. And you see a lot of fo uh, photos of him and other coaches. By the way, I noticed not with the crutches, but with the, uh, the brace on his knee is what I'm seeing in the photos. Yeah, I think the timeline what, was six weeks from that injury. I mean, that would put it right around the timeline of the bowl game. So uh, obviously, you know, his health is the most important thing, uh, getting him on the sidelines. I know he's been in that in that sort of tree stand situation. So hopefully he can get back on the sidelines and, uh, and, and get more mobile. I'm sure he wants to get close and yell at some people. Uh, so hopefully he's, uh, he's healing well. Uh, but good to see him out. Um, you know, traveling around. I think he was in Texas, right? He was actually up here in my neck of the woods in Ponte Vedra, um, visiting Grant Stevens uh, in uh, my daughter's high school. So he's definitely made the rounds. Good to see Gus out there smiling pictures. And he's got on Mike's Hawaiian shirt, although Mike has slightly less buttons engaged than Gus did. But um, he's definitely got on Mike's Hawaiian shirt. Yeah. I don't know if you can tell. You can see the rips that I have on these things. I, my adoring fans have tried to rip this shirt off me a couple oh. times. Uh, um <laughs> But as long as Gus is not up on that, that pedestal thing again with that table. He looked like an idiot on that thing. Hopefully we don't <laughs> see that during the game. He should be on the sidelines as normal. Uh, Coach uh, Malzahn expected to get a bonus tied to UCF's academic standing. Uh, the Knights, the top academic progress rate in the state. Uh, another feather in the cap academically for UCF. I asked on my Twitter, at SignPez, the big question is simply, who wins the Gasparilla Bowl? No surprise. 
overwhelmingly UCF, 88%. Um, you know, we've got two weeks until the game. We'll have other breakdowns of it. Are you feeling confident, though, that the Knights with a raucous uh, UCF crowd in our home away from home in Tampa uh, have some momentum going into this game? Well, first off, you mentioned the crowd. I think I saw about an hour ago they were saying it's a sellout. So I'm not sure if that's sellout of the tickets released or sellout of all seats in general. But obviously it's going to be a really nice crowd, which I think will be awesome to, to see. You, you know, Tampa is obviously closer to Orlando. You'd hope you have some UCF fans there, but obviously the Gator fans will travel as well. Look, I like our chances. Our defense isn't playing really, really well lately. Uh, our offense is coming together. I think we have some really good skill position players. Uh, we've made some really nice plays. I think our defense keeps us in games. And and let's trust in Mikey. I think he's. we've seen him grown over the years. So I do like our chances. I think, you know, we're playing with house money. We've got to, we've got a great challenge, a great matchup. Uh, but I think our kids have risen to the challenge this year. So at this point, I have no reason not to be confident. If you tell me uh, Isaiah Bowser is playing, which maybe looks like he might be, I think that's a great idea. You don't know what's happening yet maybe with big cat guys like that. But, you know, we've had some time to heal some injuries. Offense has started clicking a little bit and the defense and, and those boys have been lights out. So I, and, and Florida's in a bit of a spiral. Right? They're replacing a coach. You know, they're going through a lot of transition. So I think you got to feel good about UCF's chances. I think they're talking about having standing room only tickets that they've sold so many tickets for this game. It's going to be full of night stands. No matter what happens on the field, we're going to win the tailgate party. We're going to win the pregame show. We're going to win in the stands. I believe we're going to win on the field too. And then we're going to win the postgame show as well. So the Gators have sick of us already. I've talked so much trash to my cousins. I'm bringing a couple Gators with me, but they've had enough of me already. And we're still two weeks out. Wait till we get to this thing. It's going to be a great time, man. And I feel good about our shot to win this game too. Someone tired of Mike. I, I find this quite honestly hard to believe. Rising news. Yeah. But the Knights are practicing. And let's talk to one of the players that is preparing for this Gus Barilla Bowl. He's offensive lineman Sam Jackson, who joins us now on the Sons of UCF Live. Sam, thanks for joining us. Thank you for having me. We're going to talk a little bit about the charitable uh, activity that is taking place this weekend that involves you. But I got to tell you, I, I like to look up a player before they come on the show and look at a bio. And, and I was looking at your bio and I noticed that it had the pronunciation. So I clicked on it and I got to hear you say your name. Is that confusing for folks? Is it a difficult name? <laughs> Did you yeah. laugh when you were asked to do that? Is anybody thrown off by Sam Jackson? Yeah, I mean, I, they they did that when we first got here and I guess they, they just made everyone do it. But uh, I don't think anyone gets confused about my name. No, no. So how about this? Uh, Knights and the Gators, you guys are practicing. Uh, I've talked to your mom before. Uh, she's got some Florida ties, correct? Yes, she does. How's this uh, going over in the in the Jackson home? Oh, it's good. I mean, she's all UCF. I mean, she she went to UF, uh, you know, back in college. So she's not she doesn't have any ties with them anymore. Well, Sam, how excited are you and your teammates about this matchup? Obviously, being close to home for a bowl is obviously advantageous. Playing an in-state school, uh, you know, a school that I think we want to form that budding, budding rivalry with. Obviously, you heard us talking about the three-game series coming up. How excited are you guys about getting a chance to play the Gators in Tampa? Uh, I mean, you know, I think we're all really excited, uh, especially since you know I've been here. All it's ever talked about, you know, to the height of you know 2017, 2018, all they talked about was how we're the best team in Florida, uh, and you know just looking to prove that uh, this, this upcoming two weeks. Um, and, you know, it's just something I've always, I, I've always wanted to, wanted to play them. And I'm excited we finally got an uh, opportunity to do so. You've gone through a couple of different coaching staffs here in your time, a couple of different O-line coaches, but this guy Herb Hand seems like a real character. 
Tell us about the relationship you guys have built with him throughout this year. Oh, he, you know, he, he just got a really big personality. Um, uh, he'll let you know he's on the field coaching. Uh, everyone can hear it. Um, and, you know, he, he's just a really good dude. He, he cares about you as a player. And, uh, you know, that, I mean, that's the reason why we, you know, we are able to be coached by him uh, as hard as he coaches us. Um, it's because we actually know he cares about us. And, you know, that's a really big thing. And he's all about relationships. And, you know, he tells us after every game how much he loves us and how much he appreciates being able to coach us. It's uh, been a tale of two halves, right, in this season. Coach Malzahn tried to do a reset, and the team went 5-1 and one down the stretch. How would you assess the play of the offensive line? Uh, you know, it's just all about getting better at communicating and, you know, uh, just getting used to the offense. You know, we have veteran guys. Uh, you know, it's not the first time we ran a college offense and, and all that. Um, and in the beginning, there's, there's some growing pains. But, you know, that second stretch, I felt like uh, all of us did a really good job of communicating and uh, helping out, uh, you know, where we can. You know, Mikey being a young QB and all, you know, just trying to let him know that we have his back on the field and um, he can count on us. And uh, I feel like that's where the biggest stride came from was just building that trust with Mikey, uh, especially, you know, he's 18 years old coming out doing what he had to do. Uh, well, she did a great job. Sam, obviously, we know that there's been a lot of uh, a lot of, of, of un unfortunate things this year, injuries and whatnot happened to a lot of the different players. But let's focus on the positive for a second. Tell us something you had fun with this year. What was what was something fun about this uh, this season for you? What was something maybe behind the scenes that you guys really enjoyed that you know was more of a positive note than uh, some of the negative stuff that we dealt with with injuries? Uh, you know, honestly, I, I really enjoyed how much it felt like uh, we were a team. Even, you know, we, we went through a lot, like you guys said. Um, at the end of the day, everyone still came up, you know, showed out, uh, showed up to work. Um, and, you know, that's just that just comes from the bond of you know who we are as a team and uh, the love we have for each other. And, um, you know, that's probably the most fun for me, honestly, was just seeing that culture uh, being built and, uh, you know, I mean, we've had that culture before, but just to still see it even through the adversity that we had to face this year. Um, and, you know, I, I just love playing the games with those guys. And uh, it's cool to see how much of a team uh, we are uh, behind the scenes as well when it's not, you know, shown to the world. You're a captain on this team heading into what is, I guess, your last game in college, right? Unless you're coming back for another year and you want to break some news. But, um, I, I mean, <laughs> well, we still have a decision to be made, uh, but yeah, I noticed that, you know, going into it thinking like it's my last game, but, uh, you know, we still have a decision to make afterwards. So what are you telling the guys on the team as you prepare for this last game? What are you saying to them to make sure they're ready to take on this Florida team? I mean, at the end of the day, I think we all know it's, it's a game. I mean, it's a Florida game, but we got to go with the mindset that it, it's another game for us. And, uh, you know, you just, you have to be ready. You have to, uh, you know, be able to step up, especially with, you know, I mean, we're trying to use all of our guys, right? Uh, it's the end of the, it's the last game. You, you got some guys that are hurt. Some guys have to step up and, and do what they need to do. And um, at the end of the day, that's just a mindset you have to have. And uh, you have to have, you know, the will to, to play this game and, and want to win. And uh, if you're not hyped up about this game, uh, then the fault's on you, honestly. At our last uh, media availability with Coach Malzahn, I asked him about the importance of the senior class, and he, he really was very praising of the seniors and how they kept this team together. As a senior, as a captain, what was that like? How did you keep guys together during adversity? Uh, you know, you just got to show the guys that you can be someone that they can count on. And, 
you know, through my years of college, that that's really been my biggest step is, you know, trying to become a leader is uh, demonstrating to guys that they can count on me, uh, whether it's on the field or off the field. Um, and, you know, I think our senior class did a really good job of just doing that. Um, you know, we have a bunch of guys, uh, you know, too many to name. Honestly, all the seniors are, you know, are like that because, um, you know, we've been through it. We've been through everything that the young guys have gone through. Um, and we have the respect of everyone because of what we've been through. Um, and that's just, you know, that's just something you got to you gotta carry out and carry on and, um, you know, show, show your team that you can do what they like, what you need to be done. One of the coolest things for us as fans and folks who follow the team was the ESPN plus series, our time, seeing all that stuff behind the scenes and at the offensive line, you guys were featured for an episode. What was that like for you guys as players? Was that fun? Was it stressful? Did you even realize the cameras were around half the time? Oh, they, the cameras are huge. So you, you know, they're there. Uh, but no, it's, it was, it was really fun. I, I mean, uh, it's really cool. And you know, I didn't really like when Malzahn first told us about it, I, I didn't really know how it was going to be. Um, but then, you know, sorry, you start getting used to it and, and it's just cool. They're you know, cool guys. Uh, um, and I, the episode that uh, we were on, you know, I was, I had to be, I was mic'd up for one of them and, um, you know, guys get a little, guys get a little different when you're mic'd up. Um, and it was just, it was a fun thing. It was, it was just, it was fun to do. Um, and I'm really glad that we got the opportunity to be a part of it. Are, are they going to be following you guys to the bowl game or is the, is the series over? Uh, I don't know, actually. Um, we haven't been, I mean, we've been working out this week. Uh, we start practice uh, Saturday, tomorrow, but uh, I don't, I, I don't know. With Gus being on that pedestal with the table on the sideline, how different has it been for you to have a head coach that's not there on the sideline? Does it change anything for you? I mean, the offensive line, you, you deal with Herb, I guess, but is there any difference that you noticed? Uh, I mean, not, not so. I mean, I was on. He, you know, he'll, he'll talk to Herb normally, and then Herb will, uh, or Coach Han. I don't know why I call him Herb, but uh, <laughs> Coach Han, he'll uh, he'll talk to us uh, and t- kind of just tell us what Malzahn's thinking. And, um, you know, Malzahn will come over and talk to us about you know maybe certain plays we want to run, but um, for the most part, uh, you know, he's just uh, down you know sideline talking to refs, um, and uh, so not not really different. The only thing different is that now, you know, hands moved up to he was in the press box the last couple of games. Um, so I like to see how that's going to work out in the bowl game. A couple of weeks ago, I uh, did we just lose there? There he is. There's Sam. Uh, a couple of weeks ago, I caught up with you at Lake Eola in downtown Orlando, the Alzheimer's walk in memory of your grandfather. And uh, you're in the process of uh, participating in another charitable event uh, through a foundation that you formed a silent auction that we're pleased to be participating as well. We've contributed a silent auction item, uh, which includes being on the show. Talk a little bit about the the work that you're doing with the foundation and how the money raised on Saturday is going to benefit the community. Oh, uh, absolutely. Um, so thank you, by the way, for the donation from you guys. Uh, you know, Trace actually texted me. He's like, I hope someone wants it. I'll let you know right now. <laughs> I'll, I'll take it. Uh, I mean, I'll, I'll, I'll donate for it today I get it. But uh so this Saturday we're having a, an event um uh part of like a auction found uh fundraising. Um and it's to help uh Orlando kids who are underprivileged um to have a Christmas that they would otherwise not have. Um and that's with the Arnold Palmer kids, Arnold Palmer kids and um 
yeah, you know, I just, I, it was, it was an opportunity presented myself, presented to me by my mom. My mom was really big into community service. Um, and, you know, she came up to me and talking about having a foundation um, and something I really like and, and I enjoy it. Uh, you know, the idea is to help where we can and whoever we can. Why is that important to you to do? I just, you know, growing up, that's just, that's just who we are. You know, my mom raised me to, you know, give whatever I have to anyone um, who needs it. And uh, that's just, you know, just kind of just who we are as a family. Um, and, you know, just, that's just kind of how I am. Sam, how cool is it that obviously uh, you've been around the program a long time. Uh, we saw Jordan Johnson, Anthony Roberson, they, they have their toy drives. Uh, Tyler Paul this year had a, had a, a event as well. Um, how cool is it to be a part of a, a football program where you see so many guys who are willing and able and, uh, and want to give back to the community like you guys have? It's awesome. You know, and, and that was one of the biggest things I remember when we first got here, they always talked about uh, saying that the football team wasn't really a part of the community service my uh, freshman year. Um, but, you know, just to see that growth as a team, uh, it's awesome, you know, and, and, you know, we have a platform that not a lot of people have and, um, you know, we have to use it in a positive way. Uh, and to see guys doing that is just, you know, it's something that I think everyone can appreciate, fans, coaches, and players. I see that Aaron Evans is donating some of his artwork to be auctioned off. What other cool items are up for grabs on this day? Uh, well, we have a player's basket uh, from me, uh, Mackenzie Millen, and Dylan Gabriel. Um, and some other donated items. I know uh, Janet Britter donated some stuff. Um, and some other stuff we're picking up. Uh, but, you know, it's just, I, there's a lot of items, and I, and I think it's going to be awesome. I know there's going to be some signed uh, jerseys, some signed footballs, um, stuff like that. How about Any, a date uh, with Sam Jackson? Is that a, a possibility for the ladies? I don't, watching? I don't know if anyone would want that, but my girlfriend wouldn't like that either. So. <laughs> <laughs> he might drive up the bidding for that. Um, <laughs> she, she probably would. <laughs> any, any DG the brand fanny packs uh, or air fresheners that might be in that gift basket? Uh, not that. I mean, I don't know. I mean, <laughs> probably. I, I can only imagine. Uh, I haven't been able to look at the gift basket, actually. Um, but uh, I would. I mean, I hope, he, I hope he went all out for it. Uh, I'll show you this uh, a little bit of swag here, Adam. You can talk about that. The uh, the Yeti and uh, as well uh, appearances on the show are part of that Sons of UCF silent auction night. Oh wow! I, I didn't even know. I didn't know that was part of the auction too. I just I was on the thermos. <laughs> <laughs> You're on the show right now. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> well, well, Sam, if you were on the show with us, one thing we do with all of our guests, we ask um, what we call random rapid fire questions. So I'm going to play a game of this or that with you. I have two different options. I want you to pick between the two options. Are you ready? Yes, sir. All right, here we go. Pizza or tacos? Pizza. Rap music or country music? Rap. Would you rather be hot or cold? Cold. Do you like early morning or late at night? Late at night. Movies, comedy or drama? Comedy. Would you rather pass block or run block? Run block. Why run block? Uh, it's just, you know, that's what football is. Uh, it's just, that's the fun part of playing offensive line is uh, just being stronger than the dude across from you. So that's basically all run blocking is. Well, one of the bigger stats in, in college football for, for linemen is pancakes. Do you keep track of your own pancakes, Sam? Do you have like a, a chart above your bed where you know how many pancakes you've had throughout your UCF career? It's okay. You can tell us. No, I, I, I don't actually. But I mean, like I, Coach Hand 
keeps a track of it. And, uh, you know, we talk about at the end of the year uh, going through, you know, stacking it up over the games because he, he keeps it all. Uh, and, you know, he'll let us know. Um, but, no, I do not keep it above my bed. So are you, are you number one this season or is Matt I, Lee in there? What, what's going I mean, on there? I mean, yeah, I mean, we all do a pretty good job uh, during the game. So I would I would love to see the numbers. Uh, I don't know who's where we're at uh, as a group, but um, I guess we'll find out. This is the first time ever. If you look over Adam's left shoulder, we have two Samuel Jacksons on the same show. I have to ask you, what's your favorite Samuel L. Jackson movie? Man, there's, there's so many, but... I mean, it's not, I mean, I guess it's not really his movie, but like, I, I love Star Wars. I love, you know, growing up. So it's not really his movie, um, but Star Wars is probably my favorite. But if I had to, if I had to pick, uh, you know, one, I, I always loved Snakes on a Plane because I always thought it was just funny. Like, I just thought it was just like a comic, comical just type of thing. And, um, you know, it's just, it's one of my most memorable ones growing up. Pulp Fiction is probably the most famous one. Sam, let's wrap up with this. Earlier, you didn't want to break any news. By the way, you're unflappable during the media availabilities. It's hard to get you off messaging. You're so good in front of the podium. But what goes into your thought process and your decision-making about whether you might opt to return? What's the internal conversation that you have going on about it? Uh, you know, for me, it's just am I uh... – kind of the athlete that I want to be right now, uh, you know, to pursue a uh, professional uh, dream. And on top of that, you know, I, I would rather, you know, I, I try to think about what type of uh, season do I want to have before I leave? And, um, you know, do I want to have a championship? Do I want to, you know, accomplish uh, some other things? And uh, But ultimately for me, it's just about, am I, you know, in a position that I feel comfortable enough leaving uh, or can I get better? And that's kind of just what I think about. And, uh, you know, that's just you know, stuff I've been thinking about, stuff I've been talking about. Um, but yeah. Well, Sam, good luck against the Gators coming up in the Gasparilla Bowl. And especially, let's have a good Saturday night in the silent auction fundraiser uh, between the Orlando Regional Realtor Foundation and the Forming Samuel Jackson Foundation that will benefit uh, kids in need in our community. Uh, and again, we're proud to participate in that, donate some items, and I look forward to seeing you on Saturday night. Yes, sir. Thank you guys so much. All right. He is Sam Jackson of UCF Football. Uh, money raised going to go for toys, food, clothing for kids that live, uh, unfortunately, live in motels. Too many living in motels in Central Florida. Also, some of the children from the Arnold Palmer Hospital Cancer and Sickle Cell Infusion Clinic uh, that are going to be recipients of gifts, all that money raised on Saturday night and uh, maybe he'll bid on the, on the Yeti. It's a quality, it's a quality mug trace. Look, I just think it's really cool. I know uh, we're all fans. We love watching football. We love watching the games, but you know, like I said to, to Sam, I mean, you know, Jordan Johnson, Anthony Roberson, Landon Woodson, Tyler Paul. It's so cool to see these guys go out and understand their positions in the community to go find ways to, to give back and, and play a role in things. Uh, and, and, you know, these are college kids. These are 18, 19, 20, 22 year old kids. I mean, the three of us knuckleheads when we were that age, the last thing we were probably thinking about is how we can give back to communities and, and form charitable events and that these guys have the, you know, the level head and the wherewithal to, to think about the community, I think is really cool. So um, I, I know it's a, it's a silent auction. I know there's, uh, there's some good prizes up there. So if you're so inclined out there, I mean, maybe figure out how you can get involved. 
Yeah, he's a great representative of our school. I'm glad to have watched him play the last few years. A very nice gentleman, and uh, I wish him the best of luck on Saturday. Well, we're taking this is, this is a Robert, Robert suggestion. Uh, I don't know. Go back to the side shot. by side. You lose all of Mike's backdrop. He does look. I do there. like this. You want to go? Uh, okay, we'll stay here. I mean, it looks uh, good. I don't know. We'll stay in the triple. Chase's head here. looks bigger than ours. Well, we <laughs> know that. We school. know that's not true. We've listened to you for 150 episodes. We know that's not true. Uh, let's segue. Uh, men's basketball uh, off this week. Uh, took care of Bethune Cookman on Saturday to have North Carolina A and T. Uh, just three and seven on the season. They lost to uh, ECU, a, a conference made of the Knights, uh, 82-71 uh, the other day. Uh, Knights five and two. Um, Adam, what'd you like uh, about what you saw uh, from the Knights on Saturday? Yeah, nice or team Sunday. win. Everybody, uh, everybody contributed to to the win. Uh, you saw some guys get some playing time, get some uh, get some rust knocked off a little bit. Uh, so good team win as a team we were supposed to beat, obviously. Uh, and, and there really wasn't a lot of doubt throughout the game. I think we've all seen games in the past where you say to yourself, I know we're better than this team. Why aren't we beating them by more? Uh, you know, the things got put away pretty easily. Really, the only thing I would have loved to have seen, Trace, is we've talked about it before. Isaiah Adams is still on that slump. Uh, and, and I would have loved to have seen a bit of a slump buster game from him. Didn't really get that against Bethune, but good to see guys get off the bench. Jameel Reynolds, uh, you saw Ty Freeman put up a good game. So guys got some run in, uh, you know, get the get the bad taste out of your mouth from uh, from back to back losses. I thought that was a nice win. Uh, and this is kind of the softer part of the non-conference now, right? We're going to go to North Carolina A&T. Uh, and then obviously we have some big ones coming up. So definitely good to uh, to get sort of on the right track and a nice overall team win. Let me ask you this. Why do you think Isaiah is struggling from what you've seen of him? Is he just not into a rhythm? He's got to make some shots, but then maybe he's not getting enough playing time. Yeah, I think that I think there's a few things, right? I think we have a lot more guys who can contribute in offense. Last year, obviously, only playing six, seven deep. I mean, guys had to take different shots. I, I think he's got an interesting game, right? He's, he hasn't proven to be a consistent three-point shooter just yet. So that's not his shot. So he kind of needs to drive the lane, get contact, get fouled. So he's kind of got that tweener game. I think on the breaks and transition is where he'll obviously end up making his mark long term. But, you know, Oklahoma, they put us in the half court, right? They put us in the half court and made us, you know, make shots and run sets. Auburn kind of got away from us in the, in the running transition game. Um, I, all of it, I think, is confidence, right? Our, our next guest coming up here in a few minutes, uh, he would know better than we will. But seeing the ball go through the net a few times obviously is a big, uh, a big benefit. And Isaiah just hasn't had that option. Um, and, uh, so we'll see, I, I think it's probably just a little bit of rhythm, uh, a little bit of funk and really he's kind of got that tweener offensive game, in my opinion. The games we're supposed to win. We, it's easy for us to say that, but we just saw a game that Gators played against what Texas Southern, a team that was and seven and came in there and beat them by 15 points on the road. So you, you can't take Bethune lightly and NCANT, whatever their name. We can't take anybody lightly. Every, every game A&T, is important. A&T. and t yeah. AT&T. Um, can't take anybody lightly. Go out and do, take care of business like we did against Bethune, and then we get some big wins coming up soon. Well, let's talk a little bit more basketball. But the man really that needs no introduction, he is B.J. Taylor. Top 10 all-time at UCF in points, free throws, three points, field goals, assists, and he's involved in a new initiative, B.J. Taylor Skills Training. B.J., welcome into the Sons of UCF Live. How you guys doing? I'm, I'm really grateful for you guys having me on. Let's talk some hoops. Let's talk some UCF. Yeah, well, let's talk about what you're doing. I noticed on your Twitter the other day that you're doing some training uh, skills and, and, and teaching some, some folks the game of basketball. Who better to learn it from than you? Yeah, so I'm just in the community now. Uh, 
I obviously signed with the Clippers when I left UCF, did that, had some injuries, um, went out with the Cleveland Charge and the Utah Jazz organization this past season, um, had another injury kind of set me back. So I'm kind of in a transitioning period right now. Um, so I'm back in the local community doing kids training, middle schoolers, high schoolers, um, anybody really who's, who's local that wants to learn the game and, you know, wants to learn different skills and drills and, you know, I'm really enjoying it so far. I have a good number of clients, and um, it's really great to be able to, you know, take the wisdom and, and something I'm very passionate about and help others improve, not only if they're, you know, exceptional basketball players, but just I love to see young people improve on something that they work hard at. So I'm really enjoying it. Um, and anybody out there who has any children or knows anyone who may be interested, uh, please reach out to me. I'd love to help. Might I just ask you, when you were younger, did you have someone like that? teach you skills of the game? So for me, it was always my father. Um, and I had a great coach when I was young. A lot of coaches nowadays, um, they're really like big on trying to ha help their team win games when the kids are young. And they're very much, I mean, obviously I understand the competitive side of it. Um, but my coach, when I was young, he was, he was huge on teaching skills, fundamentals. I mean, we went through two hour practices of just like, different fundamental things that really helped all of us grow um, as players. It was myself. We had Doc Rivers' son, Spencer Rivers, was on our team. Um, other local area players, a guy named Joseph Cheeley played at College of Charleston. Um, we had the Mitchell brothers. So we had a lot of talent, um, and we spent so much time working on the fundamental when we were like third grade through sixth grade that it really helped us grow. So our, my coach, when I was young, he was really like a trainer. So I'm really trying to impart those same fundamentals on the, the younger generation now. BJ, let's talk about those fundamentals. Think, thinking of, of uh, a kid in, in elementary school, middle school, kind of growing up, what do you think are the most important building blocks of becoming a really good basketball player? What are those fundamentals? What are those foundations that you think are crucial for kids today as they want to try to build up their skill set and maybe get to a college position like you did or even yeah. get a chance to play in the league? I mean, I think number one, and it might sound a little funny, but it, it's sort of an intangible. Um, it, it's kind of the, the perseverance that it takes to be successful, I think. I think a lot of kids nowadays, especially in the social media area, in the social media era, get so caught up in seeing their peers who are taller and they're bigger and they may be faster than them. And they really, you know, can really get discouraged. And, it, and it's, it's sad to see. Um, I think the, the main thing for, for the generation now is that you know, you just need to that young athletes need to focus on being the best that they can be, being the best version of themselves, no matter your height, your weight, your skill level. I was. A who were who were older than me that were were. Were ranked athletes and things of that nature. So for me, it was always just like, you know, if you stay the course, if you're willing to persevere um, and you're willing to just learn the game, you know, you can have a lot of success down the line that those things really helped me improve. Um, obviously, shooting, dribbling, passing, those sort of simple fundamentals, um, they're, they're kind of boring to talk about. But those things, obviously, from a physical standpoint, but I think the mental side of it is even more important for young athletes because so many so many kids decide like well i'm not tall so i can't play basketball or i'm not the fastest kid right now i can't play football i you know 
fielding a baseball doesn't come naturally to me, so I'm not going to play baseball when it's like you never know when if you're willing to stick with something and put a lot of time in it, how good you might actually be at it down the line. Where is your training based out of? Do you, are you, do you travel to individuals' houses or they got to come to you or where, where is it at? Yeah, so I, I do in-home training for the most part, wherever the kids are, wherever the, the parents can meet. Um, I like to make it convenient for the athletes um, and their parents because, like I said, I really enjoy this and I really want to be able to, to touch as many basketball you know, young athletes that I can and, and help them improve. So if they reach out to me, we can figure out somewhere in the Central Florida area um, whether I have to get a gym to use or whether they have some – they have some sort of in-home setup or some sort of uh, local park that they like to work out at. Um, me personally, I never practiced inside a facility individually until I made the varsity team in high school. Um, so I think a lot of people would be surprised to hear that. They might think I've been with Jim since I was like fourth grade or something, but I practiced in my driveway for 10 years until I got to 10th grade. And then I went inside and individually practice um at the high school so i'll go wherever we can we can you know get the work in it's not about where we're doing it you know it's about what we're accomplishing what did you learn from head coach johnny dawkins um on the court or off the court uh, i think the biggest thing were was that you know striving to do your best and and competing for something that was sort of bigger than yourself was very important to him he always spoke to us about not having a selfish mindset when it came to playing for UCF or playing for the school or playing for our team. He was very, uh, so many times he would talk to us about, you know, doing it for the community, doing it for Orlando, um, playing for a bigger purpose. And that really is something that resonated with me um, because once you leave college, it's not the same. You know, you won't be playing for your school and the school won't, and, you know, in the professional ranks, they don't have the same sort of community pride that you get in college athletics. You can find some strong fan bases in, you know, professional sports for sure. If you look at the Celtics, the Lakers, the Cowboys, the Patriots, obviously they have a strong fan base. But if you speak to any college athlete who's having a lot of success in the pros even, they'll tell you there's nothing like playing for your community and having everybody get behind you. So I think he really was able to impart on us that, you know, we're playing for each other, these guys in the locker room, but we can have such a large impact on people um, in the community just by playing this sport, inspiring, and bringing a lot of recognition to for a lot of people who have pride in the, in the UCF athletics program. BJ, we're getting a lot of questions in our chat from our, uh, our listeners, and I'm going to pop one on the screen for you now. This is from Robert. He wants to know, who's the best player you ever played uh, with and the best player you ever played against? Um, and I guess he means the best player in terms of skill set. Yeah. Um, that's a hard one to answer. The, the, the best player I've ever played against, um, I was out at Clippers training camp, so I'm not going to mention those guys. They had a couple guys I'm sure you can guess who were pretty good. <laughs> yeah. um, one of them who's out right now, but when he comes back, he's going to be a monster. Um, I'd probably say in college, everybody probably you know expects me to say Zion. Zion was obviously special, and I mean he's still extremely exceptional uh, for somebody that size to be um, to have the explosiveness that he had. Um, Zion, and, and and to only be 18 years old or 19 years old at the time when we played them, uh, I think a lot of people forget how young he actually was. 
to be, you know, that good of a player. Um, so Zion was exceptional. We had a ton of really good players in our conference throughout the years that I could name and, and give a lot of recognition to from, I mean, Rob Gray at Houston was always an, an incredible talent. Um, Jalen Adams at UConn was another really good guard. We played Gary Clark multiple times when he was at Cincinnati and, and Gary played for the Magic um, for a little while for Orlando people. So they might know him a little more from his Magic days. Um, but for me, the best player I ever played against that that did me dirty and really gave me trouble. His name was Jack Gibbs and he went to Davidson. And this is when I was a freshman. I was just coming out of high school. I had been the 8A player of the year. I was top 20 parade All-American. I had like a few 20 point games already as a freshman. So I was balling. I was feeling good. You know, I was feeling myself. I was I was like any other freshman. I got complacent and felt like I had college figured out. And, and Jack Gibbs came in and he gave me like 25 in the first half. And I mean, and he gave me like the whole 25. Like I was guarding him every time he scored. And, and from there on, it, it really stuck with me that every single college athlete is probably on a scholarship and they're all really good. No matter what school they go to, um, that, that was one guy that really stuck with me was Jack Gibbs. So I know, I know Zion is probably the, you know, the sexier answer, but Jack Gibbs was probably the best that I played against in terms of an individual wake-up call. I wasn't going to bring it up, but you mentioned Zion. How many, how often do you still think about the ending of that Duke game? I know I think about it every once in a while. I can only imagine what you guys go through. Just yeah, man, I try, I try not to think about it as a thing. <laughs> Thanks, Mike. Thanks, Mike. Appreciate that. I try not to bring it up. No, it's okay, Mike. It's a good, it's a good question. Um, it was obviously a difficult loss. Um, obviously a heartbreaker. It'll always be a heartbreaker um, for us. As you know, we obviously felt like we had a lot of opportunities to win, which we did. And, you know, a lot of things sort of didn't go our way um, at the end of the game. A lot of things we could have controlled and done differently, um, but we didn't. So, you know, I think for me, bigger picture now that I've had time to reflect is um, I'm just so proud of what we were able to do for UCF in terms of not just the basketball program, but bringing a lot of recognition to the school, bringing so much attention to the, you know, the, the, the campus and the university, obviously the football team had done a tremendous job of that prior to us, prior to us playing that game, because I believe it was the season before when they went undefeated and they were able to bring so much notoriety to the school. Um, so, I mean, for me, I think it was just a lot of pride and, and people recognizing UCF, respecting us now, um, and being able to kind of line the university up for the things that they're able to do now moving forward, going into the Big 12 in the future, you know, all the past success that the program has had in the recent past, you know, it, it allows the university and it allows the athletes that came after us to, you know, kind of capitalize on those things and continue to try to carry on the, the legacy. You know a thing or two about tourney runs. When you look at this year's nights, do you see some March Madness there? Uh, I mean, I think it's early. Um, I'm always behind my guys. I'll always have 100% belief in them in terms of what they can do and what they can accomplish. And, you know, I think everything that they want to accomplish is on the table for them. They can, they can definitely make a tourney run. They can definitely go as far as they want to go. They can do whatever they want to do. Um, and, it, and it doesn't really, you know, matter 
what they want to do because everybody wants to achieve great things. You know, it's all going to come down to sacrificing for each other, coming together as a team, you know, giving up a little piece of who they are individually for the betterment of the team. All those, all those type of things are really going to make the difference in that group in terms of making a tournament run and, and not just their team, but kind of all teams in general. It's, it's kind of, you know, making those sacrifices and having the discipline um, every single day to improve because as we know, March Madness oftentimes comes down to not who's playing so well in December or even January. You have to, you know, win certain games. You can't have those bad losses, but the team that gets hot going into February and March are going to be the teams that have the most success moving forward. So, I mean, for them right now at this point, I think they just have to continue to grow, um, continue to improve on the things they have to work on and continue to come together as a unit and they can achieve anything because they have the talent, they have the players, they have the ability, um, they have all they need in terms of, of that. So it's just going to come down to um, their collective, you know, desire to achieve what they want to achieve. DJ, as you're waiting to join us, we were talking about Isaiah Adams, obviously a really talented sophomore player for the Knights, uh, former Mr. Florida basketball player, and uh, in, in a bit of a slump so far this year. Hasn't really played uh, maybe at where we all thought he was going to be. As you've watched him this year, where have you seen him uh, maybe struggle a little bit? What what guidance would, would you give him? And as a player, what do you do to get out of a slump like that? How would, how would he break through and sort of get back into maybe his normal rhythm? Well, I think for Isaiah, the first thing is – He's a sophomore, if I'm if I'm correct. I'm pretty sure he's only yep. a sophomore. So he's young. I mean, he's still a young player who who has to continue to grow. Sometimes it, he had a very successful freshman year, and, you know, he had a lot of success early on. I believe he played pretty tremendous in the Florida State game last year. Um, so the kid has a ton of potential. I mean, he has a ton of upside um, to, to be an incredible basketball player for the school. I, I think in terms of, of any young player going through a slump, it comes down to kind of, you know, taking the pressure off yourself, getting in, getting into the game in terms of just settling in. Don't force things. Don't press things. And just let the game come to you. He's a long, athletic player who can get out and pass in lanes. He can run the wing and get dunks. Um, a lot of these things that kind of can, can, can get a player going and get you feeling good about yourself are the things that, you know, I know he's going to do moving forward because he's a guy that he can have an impact in the game in so many ways other than just 20 points or 25 points or he makes his threes. He can be the best defender on the floor. He can be one of the best rebounders on the team because he's a wing that's long and athletic. Um, so I think, you know, for him moving forward, um, and like I said, it's early on in the season. So, uh, you know, I don't even – I wouldn't even consider it uh, a slump for him at this point. I think it's too early to say it, it was a slump. You know, I mean, as, as a player for me, I always felt like if, if I'm missing shots early, then I'm going to make shots later on because I'm too good of a player to keep missing. So I have the utmost confidence in him and his abilities to, you know, improve and continue to take his game to the next level. Um I think I think just, you know, kind of focusing on not trying to score, not trying to be the um, as so pressing on those aspects of the game. I think that those those that'll really help him. The holiday season's upon us. I hear Christmas music every day in my house. You have a favorite Christmas song? A favorite Christmas song? Yeah. Uh, it's probably some R&B, you guys like you guys. Have, you, you, my favorite Christmas song is probably not your guy's favorite Christmas song, right? <laughs> okay, but 
I mean, every, I, I love a good silent night, though. I'm not going to lie to you. Silent Night by The Temptations is a classic. If, if, you're, if you're at home, okay, and it's just you and your woman and your, or your lady, you know, or your wife. I know you guys, some of you guys are kind of old. Maybe your wife. Just <laughs> you know, cut on some Silent Night, turn on some candles, and I promise, you know, it'll be, it'll be, a, uh, it'll be a good time. <laughs> uh, BJ, let us begin, uh, let us end where we began. Uh, no better person to teach uh, someone about the game of basketball than you. How can folks find you, reach out to you, and learn more about uh, the training that you provide? Yeah, so just go to my Twitter page, um, BJ Taylor underscore one. I have the, the, the flyer and all the information set up on there. Um, reach out to me by email. You can text me. Um, if there's anything that anybody out there listening may want me to do in terms of just speaking to young athletes, even if it's not training, I'd love to do anything I can to try to impart some wisdom and give back um, because I really enjoy that. Uh, gives me a lot of fulfillment personally. And I know I said it a lot throughout my career at UCF, how much the community meant to me and playing for Orlando meant to me, but I truly meant that. Um, so I, I thank all of you guys, um, all of you guys, even on this panel, for the support you guys give the program, and you know, even things like this, you know, the, this this brings notoriety to the program. This brings you know a lot of positive energy and a lot of just good things to to a, a university's program because so many of the schools that we're competing against, against you know, they have these podcasts and they have you know people talking after. I think Alabama does one like after every football game. And they, they sit there for like two hours and just go on and on. But I, I appreciate you guys for this. So if you want to reach out to me for training, just go to my email um, or text me. And I'd love to get in contact and, and help any way I can. BJ, do you, do, you, do you train old guys too? Because my Euro step is not great. Can you Euro teach step? me a good Euro step? Yeah. I can teach you a Euro step, but you got to wear ankle braces because I can't have you rolling an ankle. Okay. That's, that's bound to happen, yeah. yeah see, I can't. I can see. See, the yeah. thing is with the old guys. See, I make the young kids sign a waiver, right? Mm -hmm. But I make the older guys sign like a ten-page waiver. You know what I mean? Yeah. See the yeah. difference? Because I can't. I, you know, there's a lot more risk involved with, with a guy yeah. like you. Well, you know, you you look like you're still in shape, so we could do something. Yeah, as long I'm as you have bags of ice. After my first rebounds. <laughs> if, if you have bags of ice nearby, I think we you got something like to work on. To, to the Hawaii Bowl, you gotta. You got a vacation lined up, brother? Yeah, that top button is excessive, Mike. Let's just get that top button back. We're you like it, right? It's Coach Gus. I got it from Palazan. He let me borrow. Oh, you got it from Coach Gus? Yeah. <laughs> okay. That's nice, though. It's a nice. I just feel like you should be, like, sipping a Mai Tai or something or coaching at the Maui Invitational. I'm actually I'm at the beach right, right now. He's, he's sipping something, BJ. He's, he's always sipping something. Don't sipping. worry about that. Oh, yeah. BJ, uh, check your schedule. We're here on Thursday nights. We would love to have you back after the holidays and UCF gets into conference play and – break yeah. down some of the games for anytime us. you guys want to have me have me on i'd love to just talk and and you know anytime guys i really like i said i really appreciate what you guys do because you you don't know how much these this type of thing really does matter to the players and to the community and you know we need more you know support like this so i really appreciate you know you guys doing this and, um i enjoy my time on here so anytime you want me on to talk just shoot me a text and i'll get on here with you guys man all right. We thank you for being on the Sons of UCF Live, and Night Nation continues to appreciate you. All right. DJ, thanks for joining us. Thank you, guys. Thank you. Have a good evening, bro. All right. A little silent night. Actually. Baby. Yeah, I'm going to try that silent. out in an hour, see how it works.
Hell yeah. I like how he advises that Mike may may want to want a drink of some kind. <laughs> he's gonna he's gonna have to get to to know Mike a little bit better. He's not um, wrong, by the way. I do have bad ankles. So that's a good call. <laughs> that's a really good call. I like that. It probably is a ten page waiver over a certain age. <laughs> I believe him yeah. uh, fully on that. Uh, women's team six and one receiving some votes in the USA Today coaches poll. They're gonna be on the road for a while. Of course, off this week with finals week. They've got uh, Sunday at Mercer Tuesday at Seton Hall. Really good volleyball uh, NCAA tournament. I hope J.P. Gilbert is happy and has taken Coach Dagenet off any sort of hot seat. Uh, Knights beat Pepperdine, and then a tough one. They lose 3-2 UCLA, uh, one of the top teams in the country. Uh, McKenna Melville and Marie Watson are named to the American Volleyball Coaches Association Southeast All-Region team. Uh, great season for the Knights. They finished 27-7, and and uh, especially with McKenna returning, you know, there could be a deeper NCAA tournament run uh, in their future next season. So congratulations to them on a good season. Let's see which mailbag questions we can make it through uh, at night underscore merchant. Uh, what are your thoughts on the Gators being named the home team for this one? I don't know how it was selected. I don't, I don't really care. Yeah, that doesn't matter much to me. Uh, yeah, I don't, I, I'm sure there's some sort of a coin toss or, uh, I, I don't really know. I don't. I don't know if it matters. Really, the all that's going to matter is we're going to have more points on the board at the end of the day. Uh, Mike at Brian W. Peterson, uh, who will score the first touchdown against the Gators over in Tampa? Bowser. Bowser is back, baby. I think he's going to be back, and he's going to run right down these guys' throats all night. You know, I think it will be interesting. We have not seen a lot of Isaiah Bowser, right? You know, games that he came out of and games that he didn't play. How will Gus use him and Johnny Richardson? You know, uh, how many times has he effectively used both of them in a game? I think will be an interesting thing to watch. At Golden Knight underscore the second. Uh, what are your thoughts on Cincy making the CFP? Uh, he also asked, do you think UCF 1718 paved the way? Of course it paved the way. Uh, or was it Cincy's three, four year consistent success? I credit them for that success, but I think Mike, you said it well, you've said it a couple of times. I'm with you in this camp. Everything had to go right. And uh, I, I really believe Oklahoma State would have jumped into this if they didn't finish an inch short of that end zone. Oh, yeah. They, if they score a touchdown on that end of the game, they, they're in. And Cincinnati is out. Um, if Cincinnati had beaten anybody other than Notre Dame for their big win, Notre Dame would have got in ahead of them. So uh, everything had a break right for them. It's, it's kind of going to make it impossible going forward because now they're going to compare all the G5s to this Cincinnati team and say, oh, well, they beat the number six team on the road. That's how they got in. Right? You're not going to know how to schedule that ahead of time. So, Adam, what about this one? At XTNC Joe, how much do you know this? How much UCF, the rest of the AA schools, get for Cincinnati going to the playoffs? I mean, they are going to get some money out of this, so there is a payday. Yeah, I think it's the normal payday that you get from the uh, New Year's Six Bowl. I saw somebody tweeted at us after um, – uh, Mike and I were talking to Jason Beatty on the uh, on the Suns pod episode 159, and uh, we were asking the same question. Somebody tweeted that UCF or, or the American would not get any additional money if Cincinnati gets to the championship game. So it's your typical New Year Six bowl stipend, from what uh, what we were told. I think Jason was going to do some follow up on that, and since he's an actual journalist and Mike's wearing a Hawaiian shirt, I would trust Jason's word on that one. <laughs> uh, Mike at Free Sport Travel asks a good question. If UCF went undefeated this season, would they have gotten into the playoffs? The wins would have been over Boise, Louisville, SMU, Cincinnati. Um, he thinks that they would have given it to Notre Dame. You know, one of the things you don't like are those preseason rankings. Cincinnati came in higher, certainly, going into the season than UCF. 
Yeah, there's no way we would have got in. Not with another undefeated season. I'll break it to you this way. If Cincinnati goes and wins the whole thing this year, if we go undefeated by beating them next year, we're still not getting in. So that's just the way this thing worked. It just worked out perfectly for Cincinnati this year. Uh, Adam, at M-A-S-S-E-N-M-A, does Miami's hiring of Cristobal jeopardize UCF losing any of uh, the current commits? Yeah, he's. I'm not saying he's a great coach, but he's he's been known to be a, a good recruiter. I think he won the National Recruiter of the Year award at Alabama, but Alabama recruits itself, so I don't know. Will you know you need much there? But he he's reputed to be a really good recruiter, so certainly uh, doesn't doesn't hurt. Anytime you see a, a coach come into a program, particularly a coach who has ties to the program, there's there's always a jolt of energy. Uh, so you, you probably see that jolt of energy of kids going down there, kind of the anti-Billy Napier at this point. Um, so I do think there will be some recruits who give Miami a look that maybe didn't look under Ma- uh, Manny Diaz. What about you, Mike? You're down in real South Florida. What's the Miami's throwing money Chris around. Ball? Like, you know, they're paying off Manny Diaz. They're, still, they're hiring Chris Ball for an obscene amount of money. I'm not – I don't see what he says. But um, – <laughs> I wouldn't be surprised if there's some kind of scandal with Miami down the road. I mean, it's, I know it's harder to cheat now because you're actually allowed to pay the players, but they'll find a way to cheat and make things a little more difficult on everybody else. Uh, at Phil Talks Sports, what current night in the NFL would you want on your favorite NFL team? That's a good one. About 20-some-odd nights in the NFL. Charlie, Put me down for Charlie Hewlett. Uh, get a consistent, long career uh, out of that guy. I would have loved, um, I know he's not technically in the league right now, uh, Adrian Killens. Uh, nice speed back. I think uh, my team is the Cowboys. Like maybe a kick return or somebody coming to third downs. I would have, I wouldn't mind Adrian Killens. I'd take Gabe Davis right now on the Giants. I mean, the Giants have been riddled with injuries, especially at wide receiver. So uh, we need a possession guy. And Giants could use somebody in every position, let's be honest. I'll take anybody from UCF. This is true, which does beg an interesting question uh, about any opt-outs. Uh, we get to talk with Coach Malzahn on Saturday. I don't know what he'll uh, be forthcoming about, but uh, any any maybe Big Cat would be one guy you think might uh, consider himself with some NFL prospects and opt-out, yeah. but I, I don't think there are any opt-outs. Do you? I wouldn't think so. I mean, just going through my head, I mean, we know – I. I I believe Quadri isn't playing, although I don't know if that's an opt-out. I don't know how much that hurts. I don't know if he's coming back to play, so I'm not sure if you count that as an opt-out, if he'll be a part of it. I think Bidcat would be the only one, unless there's somebody I don't that we don't know an injury about that maybe is really nursing something and, and maybe just doesn't want to risk uh, something going on. But I think Bidcat's probably the, the biggest name that people are looking at um, in terms of will he, or will he or will he not play. You opt out because you know you're going to be a, a draft pick, basically, and that's your agent telling you don't risk getting injured. How many guys on this team do we expect to get drafted in the NFL draft in a couple months? I think they got to put out the best tape they can, even Big Cat. Big Cat can use another big game against an SEC team. So I, I think everybody plays. Hopefully they do. At night's HSV, will any of you, I don't know if he means the three of us, ever be fooled into buying another player's merch while they're still in school? I didn't get fooled the first time, so uh, I don't anticipate um, uh, buying uh, the merch of uh, of some stuff. I think uh, it's a really good idea, but uh, I yeah, just not my thing. I, I don't think I would do that anyway. So well, I, just I say let the buyer no. beware that you might have a situation yeah. like that. I mean, you could just as soon uh, buy a player's merch, and then they might suffer a, an injury and not play. If you like that player, do it, but don't be disgruntled if they enter the portal. Yeah, and these guys are not getting rich off selling a couple of T-shirts, let's be honest. If they're going to make some big money bucks, they're going to get sponsors from 
companies to, to do stuff some some things like that but uh i i didn't buy any dylan gabriel stuff i i don't know it'd be hard i'd rather wait until after they graduate and then go buy their stuff mike how much money of yours can i bid on saturday night at the silent auction for the uh, dg the brand merchandise in the basket how much did <laughs> how much are you committing i'll give you about 250. $250. Get you a lot of air fresheners for that. $2.50. Do those air fresheners change their scent? Do they now smell like uh, Oxford, Mississippi, or do they smell like Oklahoma? What do they, what do they what, smell like I don't know like what now? they smell like these days. They're going to be, uh, yeah, have, have, have air fresheners. will travel at this point, right? I mean, he's still going to be coveted by a program, but mm, where, does he, where does he end up? And does, does Night Nation care? What if you wanted to start the game against the Gators? How would everybody feel about that? Mm. Uh, no. no. See that. What if I told you we win against the Gators with Gabriel starting or we lose with Mikey Keene starting? Which one are you taking? Uh, DG the brand all the way, baby. <laughs> yeah, welcome back. Are those butterfly shorts and a large? Let's go. <laughs> yes. Wear me a fanny pack. There we go. My car was smells fantastic. <laughs> oh, that's a... It's a good quandary there. That'd make a good uh, poll uh, next week. You mentioned that you had Orlando Sentinel uh, UCF beat reporter Jason Beatty on the pod, number 159. Give you a little notice. Already booked him for next Thursday's live show. We're going to be breaking down early signing day, which happens on the 15th. Uh, not a bad show, gentlemen. Sam Jackson, current UCF football player and legendary UCF basketball player, B.J. Taylor. Not a bad evening. Yeah, listen. I'll, major props. The uh, the the Manning cast uh, redo uh, was was brilliant. <laughs> Definitely enjoyed that uh, that sentiment. So I guess Mike and I can count on you booking two former uh, or current great um, athletes every week. Trace, is that what we're doing? No, no, no. no. We're we're no. teasing right now. One week out, Jason Beatty in this uh, time period <laughs> to talk to you about recruits yeah. and. Heights, by the way, current rankings about 37, 38. Gators all sort of decommits. Disarray in Gainesville, 77th. Yeah, you hate to see it. Yeah, I'm shedding a tear right now for these guys. Mm, I'm sad. I'm not sad. All right, everybody. We thank you for spending an hour or so with us. Uh, for Adam and Mike, I'm Trace Rolko. Go Knights! Charge on. Charge on. Sports Social Podcast Network. It's time for today's Lucky Land Horoscope with Victoria Cash. Life's gotten mundane, so shake up the daily routine and be adventurous with a trip to Lucky Land. You know what they say, your chance to win starts with a spin. So go to LuckyLandSlots.com to play over 100 social casino-style games for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Get lucky today at LuckyLandSlots.com. Available to players in the U.S., excluding Washington and Michigan. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Void or prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions. Supply.